Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who have never misquoted Hitler. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> um, there's so many things to unpack there. Um, I I don't believe I've ever actually quoted Hitler, um, whether accurately or, or inaccurately. Um, as a rule, I tend tr- to try not to uh, quote one of history's greatest monsters, but you know it does it does happen here and again. Uh, this is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And uh, this is Gene Zilak. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And whenever I quote any dictator or uh, historical monster, I always make sure I use the air quote. Uh, sign with my fingers so that everyone knows that I I don't actually feel the way Pol Pot did. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I, I, I've never heard you guys quote or misquote Hitler, but um, one of our favorite football players did uh, while while we were on break. Yep. He certainly attempted to. I mean, it's it may not have been murder, but it was attempted murder. It was attempted Hitler quote. So, uh, not a good look. Oh my <laughs> this, god! All right. Well, I mean, like, look, we, th- this conversation has been uh, kind of bled to death over the last week and a half since this since this news broke. I mean, where do you guys stand on this? If by now you you don't know what happened, I mean, it's it's all over the news. You can you can look look it up yourself. You know, but you know, pause it, pause the podcast, go read the quote, and come back here because we don't need to to rehash it. But so, I mean, what do you, where, where do you guys think? What what's going on in your brains with this? Uh, it, it's been a bit of an evolution since the quote first came out and well first made news. Um, it was on his Instagram for a day or two. And, oh, man, isn't it great living in the future when news breaks via Instagram? But it, it was on there for a day or two. And someone from Crossing Broad wanted credit for, I had the story first. Why did no one, no one give me credit? And the best part was it was, he failed to lead with the Hitler quote. It was like, oh, Deshaun, you know, likes Louis Farrakhan. And then later, and then he quotes Hitler. He, he got to lead with that. You, I don't know why you wouldn't lead with that. Um, but my initial reaction was the dude's got to go. Like, that's, that is some heinous shit. Like, and the quote itself, um, it it wasn't good. <laughs> like, I mean, it, if you don't know what it was, it like Dave said, look it up or just imagine. Imagine any quote attributed to Hitler, and it's not going to be something good. And but he shared it that where it was anti-Semitic, um, and it said like it wasn't like buried it said like adolf hitler said to begin (laughs) the instagram quote like there's no there's no there's no missing that i also think it's strange that you know how like sometimes you uh you type you type in your thought and it it, like um i don't know facebook's doing this thing where it's not just like a status update or whatever and now it it comes in like a colored box with like your, Mm -hmm. your text in the center of it so it's like a 
I don't know. It kind of looks like a, a little bit more professional. Uh, yeah. I don't know display of your thought, but this is just like I don't know a a, a, a news clipping or a cli- a, like a a picture of a book that that yeah. was highlighted, and uh, there's like I don't know. It feels like very grammatically incorrect. Yeah, uh, much of it, and it's also like not an actual quote, so it's bizarre. Yeah, it's conspiracy theory. Like, I don't know if it is popular within the Nation of Islam or whatever the case may be, but it's it's definitely radical right wing um, conspiracy theory bullshit. And but you have to know better. Like, you have to know better. You have to. It's I'm I wanted him gone right away. Um, He's still around and he's making amends and he's trying to learn from people, yada, yada, yada. But like I don't know how you miss that day at school. It wasn't one day of here is Hitler, here is the horrors of the Holocaust, here is the horrors of World War II. You know, it's it's a pretty big thing to have a blind spot over. Um, you know, now the the focus seems to be on to to rehabilitate, to educate, and Deshaun is. I guess saying all the right things. Hold on, but wait, man, that's wait. a big <laughs> hole to dig yourself out of. I also love the apology. I just want to extend an apology on behalf of me. <laughs> <laughs> Did Gritty write that? That is a that is a gritty esque quote. Uh, I want to extend an apology. Well, we'll attribute on it to of gritty. myself. We'll attribute it to Gritty, but it probably I am my own him. spokesperson, <laughs> and I approve this message. Uh, <laughs> I you know what? Here's a pet peeve of mine. I I cannot stand the. I would like to apologize. Just <laughs> apologize. I would yeah. like to apologize to everyone I offended. No, how about I apologize to everyone I have offended? I hate. I would like to. Or how about I'm sorry? How about that? But get on a, get on a <laughs> flight, and they're like, I, we would like to welcome you. Well then, why don't you yeah, just, just jump welcome, into? Welcome, welcome to the plane. So Dave's breaking out his red pen and going like superfluous. Let, let, let's let's really boil down this anti-Semitic message and like just just get rid of a uh, a lot of the uh, extraneous words. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, Here, here's here's um, my so, thing. Right, here's so, my, here's uh, my thing. Go ahead, Gene. Um, I as a person who rarely social medias. It's it's and especially now that there's no live sports to tweet because really I don't think there's anything much more fun than harassing other teams fans while I'm watching my team win. Um, but I I just wonder like is he sitting at home in his estate and going like oh I, I'm reading this great interesting thing I better take a screenshot and share it with all of my fans. Like it, like how does this, like what is the thought process for anybody that does anything that is this bad on social media? Deshaun Jackson isn't the first person to. I mean, this is kind of a unique snafu, but he's not the first person to post something like astronomically stupid. So I'm just trying to like, gather what the thought process is. I mean. I am so grateful that 16-year-old me did not have access to social media because the amount of times that I would have begged girls 
to get back together with me via Twitter would be uh, so cringy <laughs> and so awful. Well, Gene, um, think think about how many times it would have worked. <laughs> about as many times as it worked in real life when I would like <laughs> show up in the middle of the night at their house. Um, <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, so uh, I just wonder what what could possibly have been think like was there nobody else in the house or room or place to be like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about tweeting this. What do you, what do you think, uh, well, member of my entourage? So Deshaun Jackson has obviously been exposed to a lot of um, I don't know, misguided uh, teachings, and you know. I will give him the benefit of the doubt and, and say that I do believe that what he was posting was in some way in support of the Black Lives Matter movement, but kind of twisted in a very, I don't know. I don't even, I, I don't know. <laughs> because this, a, this seems like the polar. Someone who has a more silver tongue than I will have to defend this. There's like the. the the polar opposite of this might be like Drew Brees being like, I don't, you know, my grandfather died for this flag, so I'm not going to. Well, now, on. but Drew Brees apologized, but I don't know on whose behalf he apologized. <laughs> <laughs> on the flag's behalf. On the flag's behalf, he, he apologized for From the flag. me and my, and, and my friends and, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But this whole situation is so bizarre, and it's such a, a modern um crisis you know this is not the, the sort of thing that can you imagine if lawrence taylor had to uh apologize for all of the stuff that he was doing in the late 80s that guy <laughs> would have spent he would have just had to have had his own television channel just but now we have we have deshaun jackson who is uh well i guess he's been fined by the eagles <clears throat> and he's being asked to you know educate himself uh, you know, on the Jewish, the Jewish people, the Jewish culture, Jewish teachings, things like that. So now we have uh, Deshaun Jackson, who has been, I guess, indoctrinated by the teachings of Louis Farrakhan, now going into synagogues, and I, I don't. Know, this is a mess. This is it's just a mess. <laughs> Dave, as a person who has done the uh, play, the Diary of Anne Frank. <laughs> Would you say that a proper way to make amends would that he perform in the diary? And Frank, second follow-up question, <laughs> which role? Okay. Um, <laughs> I, yes, I think, I think that would be, that would be helpful. I, I will say that being in that show twice um, was a very, you know, educational experience for, for myself and i think he should play Anne frank i mean obviously chuck I mean, would, would you pay to see the diary of <laughs> frank starring sean jackson as Anne frank so re remember i said you, you think deshaun would have a little more common sense than to you know begin a uh instagram post with like as hitler said i think i'm gonna try to have a little more common sense and avoid the Anne Frank jokes. And <laughs> there's no Anne Frank joke here. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 a theatrical joke. Um, I will also avoid the play, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna go play. no comment. See the play. Well, it, I saw the movie. Okay. I saw. I I 
don't think I saw the production you were in, Dave. I guess I did. I guess I did. Yeah, I I don't. You, you didn't stick out to me, Dave. I apologize. <laughs> well, you maybe you saw the night that I was uh, I was the understudy. Uh, perhaps, yeah, perhaps I, I, I did. You know, yeah, maybe that was it. <laughs> uh, okay. So should he be cut? Let's let's say, let's go let's go nuclear and say, should the Eagles cut have cut Deshaun? They're obviously not doing that. Um, but should he should he be cut for this? That's that's a, a really tough question, and it's because do you try to punish somebody? Do you try to rehabilitate them? And what does this say about you as a team, as a culture to go? You know, you can give all the excuses you want, but if if this was some uh walk on wide receiver who was going to play on the practice team this dude would already be caught you know the only reason Deshaun gets a second chance is because he's you know a, a all-star wide receiver i i i like the sort of zero tolerance pile policy but it doesn't really exist. It's not really out there. You know, how long was Riley Cooper with the team, you know, after screaming the N-word at a country concert? You know, another two, three seasons? You know, didn't really bat an eye over that. I mean, yeah, they he had a talking to and said all the apologies. I would... Uh, I'm really torn. I'm really torn. The, the whole, you know, this is a... a, a a learning opportunity. You know, if Deshaun really does go and learn a few things and, and come out of this, a better person, well then, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. He wasn't cut. Um, you know, a lot of good is coming out of this. If this is going to be two weeks of a PR push and to justify rooting on some dude who said some really ignorant shit, I, I'm, I'm less inclined to enjoy it. So I, I've probably done a bit of a 180 from my first opinion. My first opinion really was, let's get rid of this dude. He's not worth it. S- screw him. Then now seeing that you know, he's talking to Holocaust survivors, you know, he's, he's reaching out to the local Jewish community. With Julius Edelman wants to take him to the Holocaust Museum to you know, inform him of things. Yeah, I saw and then that. and then said, and you can take me to the African American mu- museum and inform me of some things. And I thought, I'm like, that's a bit racially tinged. Why are you assuming why are you assuming Deshaun Jackson's a scholar of African American history? <laughs> like you know, I am Irish American. I know certain things about the Irish American experience and things in Ireland. But don't assume that of every Irish American. I know plenty of Irish Americans whose you know last name is O'Reilly and, and don't know shit about the Irish American experience. But that's a very long-winded way of saying, I guess I'm all for giving him the second chance and hopefully something good comes out of this. But that was not my initial instinct. My initial instinct was to say, screw you, you're out. And anytime you dudes want to go to the Christopher Columbus Museum, I will, of course... Be your Italian tour guide. I, I don't think there are any Christopher Columbus <laughs> museums anymore. 
No, and also, like, you know, fuck Christopher Columbus, man. We should really be, like, propping up, like, Amerigo Vespucci, right? Or Chef Boyardee. <laughs> because. <laughs> I, honestly, I think he's probably the, the, the most Italian and most Italian-American of those th- three, uh, three people. I think Chef Boyardee actually contributed more to uh, American society than Amerigo Vespucci, who only gave it their name. I don't think he ever actually set foot in this country. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say about Chef Boyardee. I, I, do we know sense. that he's Italian? <laughs> I, I, oh, Lord. I don't even know if he's real. And <laughs> I, I think, you know, they just got rid of Aunt Jemima. Is Uncle Ben still around, or are they getting rid of him, too? I think his days are numbered. Yeah, it's it's like Chef Boyardee, like several tiers down, but I still think in the same column. You know, it's like like really horrific to, hey, while we're cleaning house here, maybe Chef Anthony's, you know, SpaghettiOs or whatever the hell Chef Boyardee made. Chef Anthony's, you know, beef ravioli. <laughs> but like Chef Boyardee with the Mwah! it's a spicy meatball kiss it's I mean it's not a good thing <laughs> SpaghettiOs man you ever see someone just like eating a can of like cold SpaghettiOs yes me <laughs> I report that person <laughs> I think I did SpaghettiOs. it in- <laughs> I think I did it in your dorm room in college. <laughs> All right. This is going to be a very important follow-up question with meatballs or without. Uh, whatever was probably at the Kings at the time. So I always got them with the meatballs. I would always try to get them with the meatballs. That was the was only thing. That was... a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, with meatballs was the better thing to heat up, but like cold out of a can. Oh, Lord. I'd say no meatballs. Okay. <laughs> I think we've sort of gone off uh, the beaten path here. I, although I do, I, I would like to, you know, some information on the etymology of uh, the Chef Boyardee. Um, <laughs> Gene, we got any, we got Eagles rumors you want to talk about? So the, uh, the Baldy, Brian Baldinger apparently tweeted that there could be, let me, let me get it. Let me, tweet him or quote him correctly uh i am hearing whispers about big news coming this week birds could get a lot better in mid-july well next week would be about as mid-july as you can get was that baldy or QAnon? like <laughs> hearing whispers out of philadelphia big news comes mid-july <laughs> uh well this was from fort lauderdale florida so all coming together all coming together. Um, so uh, you know the the uh, favorite out of the uh, out of the the paddock here, I believe, is that um, Jadavian Clowney may become an eagle. He's still on the market. Uh, there's a lot of chatter that his price has come down. Um, uh, there's a lot of only e- and I, I'm stealing this basically, but there are a lot of people saying like only Eagles fans would not want to sign Jadavian Clowney because of his hit on Carson Wentz. Um, uh, you know, I, I look forward to the day where I can see, you know, Carson Wentz and Jadavian Clowney, like 
in an embrace after a, a victory. That that to me would be the sweetest kind of like end to that story. You know, I, I would like the you know in the NFC Championship game next year or in a playoff game next year. I'd love to have the storyline be you know this guy knocked. Carson Wentz out of a playoff game last year and now they're teammates and and best friends. That's really that's really, you know, maybe some 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 B-roll footage of them at a barbecue or something or out hunting cuz that would But like how much do we have to torture Carson Wentz in this town? Like well, I don't think he's going to keep hitting him if that's what you're asking. No, but I mean like, oh my god, the the whole like the Foles thing. Now, the guy who knocks you out of a playoff game, you're about to play a full season. The guy who cheap shots you to not now we're gonna bring him into your locker room. Well, I mean he plays defense, so you know they don't have to be friends. I, I get it. Uh, also, can we take a nonsense break for just one second? Chef Boyardee was a real person. I know he was. That's his why name I from Torre, <laughs> a Torre Boyardee, uh, and and he actually died in 1985. Yeah. Not wow. That yeah. But so his last name was spelled B O I A R D I, and it was like Americanized to Boy R D. <laughs> so what I would like to see is the name spelled correctly on the can. There you go. I think that's where we could go with this. Perfect. Let's start the movement. But the the portrait is accurate. That's that what he is looks him. Like. Yeah. I'm looking at a real picture of him. It looks exactly like yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, his recipe could use Boyardee. some tweaking. Yeah, his yeah, recipe could use a little tweaking. Yeah. Well, and, so did all three of us decide to look that up? Because I had that information at the next break as well. I hope so. I, hope so. <laughs> I couldn't wait, though. I was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> and from Milton, PA. Um, the company was founded in Milton, PA, right outside of Harrisburg. Yeah, see? The, all the great. It's only right that the movement to get the name spelled correctly on the can should start in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and when I'm when I'm allowed, <laughs> on this podcast, when I'm allowed back into Pennsylvania, I will join you. No, <laughs> yeah, go to our change.org petition. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Okay, but yeah, so I mean, I get it. Can Clowney help us? Yes. Yeah, he's would a mean a, SOB, and I would much rather him be playing on my defense than somebody else's. But would this be a psychologically disrupting factor for our quarterback once again? Do you think he would be more or less psychologically damaging if he was a cowboy? Uh, fair point. Uh, I don't know, but we could still hate him. <laughs> well, yes, that's true. Which is helpful. <laughs> I'm always con no. I feel very comfortable hating. <laughs> but no, Dave, I, I understand your point. It's sort of the we don't help build up the 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 aura surrounding Carson Wentz. You know, any chance that we have to go, this is our quarterback, this is our guy, we you know he's the number one guy on the team, we all you know want to rally around him, except for Nick Foles. We're going to build a statue to the backup quarterback. No, no, Wentz, we still love you. We still love you. You're great. You're our guy. You're our guy. Try not to flinch too much around Clowney in the locker room. He takes it as a sign of fear. Um, like, like, how much subtle, you know, trolling, how much subtle bullshit does this guy need to take? Honestly, I, I don't think it'd be much of an issue, but I understand your point. I mean, maybe they're professionals and would handle it professionally, but I, I don't know. Uh, but big news could mean 
other things too, right? Like what if it's this uh, Adams trade that was that's also also being speculated. And what do you think? Do you think that that helps the team? Oh, you mean having the best uh, safety in pro football? Would that help the team? Yeah, I, I guess that that's one way of putting it. Oh, the last I time mean, we got like yeah. the best um, <laughs> defender, uh, you know, considered the best cornerback in the league, his name was Namdi, and that was a total disaster. Oh, I thought you were going to reference the wild success of Byron Maxwell. Oh, yeah, that wasn't super great either. Hmm. We, we don't have well, a good Nam- track record. <laughs> Namdi will always be tied uh, to like Brzezgalov because they came in right around the same time, had a very similar contract. You know, it seemed like, oh, we got the big name free agent. You know, here's 50 million bucks and uh, did not go as planned. Did not go as planned. Both of them ate lunch by themselves. The only thing that was interesting, the most thing that was most interesting to me about all of that, because that also goes back to one of my favorite eras in in Eagles history, was the Vince Young, this is the dream team. Um, Oh, God. Which, once again. One of your favorite eras? Well, air quotes, sarcasm. Oh, oh, you meant one of your favorite errors. (laughs) Yes, errors. (laughs) Yes. Like, right, exactly. Um, But the, the whole, like, big statistic that made Namdi so attractive was quarterbacks didn't throw at him which i you know considering he played on those really horrible raiders teams uh, it could just be that the other guy on the other side was uh was a 14 year old uh from peewee football so <laughs> obviously you're going to throw at that one um it's it's it was always i thought was a strange idea to be like oh let's go find the cornerback that quarterbacks don't throw it at so we actually don't know whether he's good or not nobody ever tries um i mean obviously i get the logic is that he's so good that nobody will even try to throw the ball against him but i think like in reality in practice uh, you need to actually see the guy make wasn't plays. It, wasn't it like an issue with how he was used wasn't he in in oakland he was always on one side no matter who and I think he was also more of a zone corner. Uh, and then when he got here, he was asked to basically be a yeah, man not, press not corner. The island. Yeah, he was supposed to be like a man press corner, which I'm telling you, man, I, I think Eagles fans probably know more about how to play the secondary than most free agents that are brought into Philadelphia to play in the actual secondary. <laughs> Uh, that may be true. I don't. So, which would you rather? Which would you rather? Uh, you know, be true the the clowny or the or the Adams trade? Uh, partially, I want the clowny thing because it doesn't cost us anything but money. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we don't give up whatever the asking price is to the. It's, he's a jet, right? The Anderson's as a jet. Um, yeah, Adams. Yeah. Yeah, Adams is a jet. Um, a named guys that play in the secondary. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I would, I would, I would think that I would rather not give up a one. Uh, I think that you're at least looking at giving up at least one first round pick. Um, I was hearing as much as like two ones and a two uh, at one point. I don't know that there's anybody that's going to make that asking point. At one point, I basically heard the Jets were like, "We're not trading him for anything," and if he wants to sit out, fine. Um, but I, I, I guess time has a way of softening things. 
So uh, that's my take. I would rather have Clowney just because, uh, you know, from a perspective of the Eagles, I want to to keep the draft capital. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that exactly. And, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like Wentz is, you know, pushing 30. It's not like Wentz is like 32. You know, it's not we have to win now no matter what. I mean, we want to. You know, the window can close who, whoever knows how quickly. But, yeah, get clowny, spend the money, save the assets to to make sure this team is competitive for the next, you know, five to ten years. Um, Chef Boyardi is worth $60 million. That's wild. Imagine how much they're going to be worth when they, uh, they change their name. <laughs> I mean, just to think like a can of SpaghettiOs is like 17 cents. And real quick, I don't think they actually make SpaghettiOs. I, I threw it out there, but since we are returning to it several times, I am 99% sure Chef Boyardee does not make, sorry, Chef Boyardee does not make SpaghettiOs. <laughs> yeah, I think SpaghettiOs like, is, is a whole separate right. thing. Yeah. All right. Good I, I'm I'm 99% sure I'll, I'll look, at, uh, look it up now. So, all right. So while we're on the subject of former – Washington football team players, a la Deshaun Jackson. Um, we have some we have some Washington football team news, and that's basically what we have to call them right now, correct? I mean, it's the only accurate name that they have right now. I mean, we could call them the Burgundy and the Gold because we got word that the Washington football team will no longer be called the Washington Redskins effective tomorrow. Today, you're listening to this on Monday. You might already know what the, the new team name is. We do not, which can take us into, and if I had a sounder or a sting of some sort right now, it would be, I'd play it. I don't, but so you'll have to just suffer with my radio voice. Speculation news. <laughs> and to clarify, I don't think the name is coming out. Uh, on Monday, when oh, people are going to be listening to that, but it's just going to be we—they are going to be changing their name. Yeah, it's going to be. Yes. Uh, we announced that we're going to make an announcement. All right. So uh, yes, what do you guys think the new name is going to be? All right. So <laughs> was that some <laughs> sort of calls? Like, what the fuck was that? Was that some sort of traffic? What's the new name going to be? <laughs> oh, it's a Vuvuzela. <laughs> um uh, there's something i heard that it just seems to have too much popularity on the internet to actually be true but the idea of naming them the washington red tails uh after the all african-american flight squadron i don't know what war it was in or even if it was a war i do know george lucas made a movie about them yeah, world war post world war ii Tuskegee airmen right no, I believe that's different. Um, Sorry, it's. I, I think it's different. It's the Red Tails. I, I don't. I thought they were different than the Tuskegee Airmen. It wasn't but a very good movie like a, either way. Like a bit of. I, I don't hate it. It just feels like a bit of an overcorrection. I I kind of agree. Um, it feels, yeah, like pandering. 
like going like, hey, not only is our team name not racist anymore, it's actively anti-racist, um, which probably is what the situation really calls for. But I think it's given the situation, it have the name red in it. It feels like a close cousin of it. And the name does have um, some significance. So that would be my vote. I don't think it would actually happen just because it's been out there. Somebody probably has trademarked it, hoping that would come to be and Dan Snyder would buy it from them. And I don't think that's happening. So, um, but that would be, that would be my wish of, and if I had to put money on anything, I'd put money on the, the red tails. Gene, what do you think? I, I am leaning towards, the Washington Express, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Washington hey. is one of the last. Uh, hold, on, hold on, Chuck wants to tell me I'm right. Hold on. Okay. You're right, Dave. Yes, the Tuskegee Airmen and the the Red Tails are one and the same. So my bad. Go on, dude. Um, so the Washington is one of the few cities that's still um, very dependent or uh, heavily invested in rail travel. Um, the lead sponsor of the field is Federal Express, um, and I feel like their pressure is what's finally convinced Dan Snyder, who was going to change the name of this football team over his cold, dead body, or dead, cold body. I, I may have the words misplaced there. Um, so my vote would be the Washington Express, and it'll be some sort of a locomotive logo that's going to mimic similar like that that logo that was the the spear from the 70s it'll be more like a train though that that's my serious answer mm. i have lots I kinda of like it i kind of like answers. it i think it's kind of cool and i think he could probably make some money off of that um with just kind of basically like more uh, selling the logo you know uh joe biden would be all over that man oh yeah Amtrak joe yeah that's like the the specials from Wilmington down to uh, to DC for the games, the you know call it the Joe Biden special to go see the Express. I love it. I think it's a good call. Dude. I think uh, I I think they'll go something um, lame and Washington related. So they'll either become the senators, uh, or or I, what I would think would be hilarious if they called themselves the Washington Monuments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the Washington Monuments, might as well call them the Washington Turnstiles. Like it, it doesn't ex- exactly express mobility. Um, <laughs> but I, I kind of like them. I kind of like them both. I mean, we need more nation's capital related puns for Washington. What do we have? We have the Washington Capitals. Good. Yep. The Washington Nationals. And I mean, what's very national about Washington? I mean, it's, it's not the Washington Federals for the federal government. You know, we are a nation. You know, they don't play nationwide. And they play in so, the National League, so you should name yourself after the league you play in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I hate that team and that name. I hate it. <laughs> What was the old the, name? The, what was what was the when they were originally? Were they originally the Washington Senators at yeah. one point? Well, they were the what? Expos, right? They well, well yeah. yeah. No, the original Washington 
senators, I think, I think, I think, I think, I read this in Wikipedia a long time ago. So bet the bank on this statement I'm about to say. Um, I think they were originally the Washington Nationals with the senators as kind of like a nickname. Or they were the Washington baseball team and the senators became the the nickname of the team organically, like the Phillies, the Red Sox, the White Sox, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were the the senators, you know, they were that classic phrase, you know, Washington first in peace, first in war, last in the American League. And that was in reference to the Sanders. What if what if the Redskins um name uh, how about this for you know if you feel like uh the if you if you were thinking the red tails was an overcorrection what if they named themselves uh the the washington potomacs uh after the negro league team that played in in the washington area i'm all for that now i I think is potomac the river is that a native american language name for that river does that, uh, sounds it. Does that yes, not? Does probably, that? Yeah. Does that open up a whole new problem? Mm, maybe. Well, I mean, they also have the Washington Pilots. That might be kind of neat too. Uh, maybe, and then the um, yeah, the Washington Pilots. It sounds lame. <laughs> like that. That what? That's the one I draw the line on. That's just like pilots are they a good pilot are they a war hero it's just like the washington pilots like was the washington bus drivers taken like i mean washington you you got you have four well i mean now you have four major sports teams but you you know basically for all of my life you've had three and two of them had to have name changes because they're offensive like what come on (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and you went from the Bullets, which, uh, let's be honest, that was a good name change. You know, I think, and we're all in agreement, Redskins is a well-past-due name change. Sure. Um, But from the Bullets to the Wizards, you know, that is a forgettable nickname if I ever heard it. It's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, you're strictly going for alliteration. Yeah, I don't know of any Wizards that live in Washington. (laughs) <laughs> you're a and wizard was harry at, <laughs> and it was at like the height of harry potter and i never saw like harry potter washington wizards like crossover like daniel radcliffe should have like courtside tickets to like every game the wizards uh so, so potomac is a european spelling of uh Padawamek, the algonquin name of a native american uh village on its south back this could uh, south- get troubling i think they're just gonna sever all like native american referenced ties right i think they explicitly said that they would i thought when you said this can get troubling is just the sheer amount we have cited wikipedia this evening <laughs> like, <laughs> this- um, the research has been <laughs> my boyardi uh research went uh, past wikipedia this, this, oh, this, I went this just came to me, although I know the film in, that I'm going to speak of has ties to uh, Nashville uh, or, or Memphis, I guess, at the time. Um, but uh, one of my favorite movies is the very dialogue-heavy Castaway starring Tom Hanks. Uh, I know it's a tough one to sit through with all the chatting. Um, but <laughs> um, what if they became the Washington Wilsons? And you stuck the volleyball 
with the burgundy hand bloody handprint on the helmet. Like volleyball styled helmet bloody handprint. What if everyone's helmet had their handprint on it? Like a bloody version of their handprint? You make your own helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Cut your hand. That would be a, a that would in blood. Yeah, that would be a very um, you know, like a hazing ritual, like at the beginning of <laughs> at the beginning of of spring. Tr- Actually, you should do it at the draft. Like when you're drafted, you know, the Washington Wilsons choose uh, Gene Zelak to be the kicker in the seventh round, and then they would bring me up, take out like a, a large Rambo or Crocodile Dundee style knife, slice a huge gash in my hand, and I just smear blood on the helmet. I feel like this is, is doable. I've, we've seen worse stuff happen at the draft. <laughs> and then you have to make fire. <laughs> right. And then once up the handprint, you have to go, I have made fire. <laughs> and then not speak for the next two and a half hours. Yeah, no, no. It gets super skinny. Like it, it's There's a lot of flaws to this plan, but I, I'm here for it. Do your own dental work. <laughs> That's the worst part of that movie. I cannot watch that. Uh, <laughs> I'm in the mood to watch it now though. I haven't, I haven't gone back to that thing for a while and it pairs nicely with, you know, FedEx field. You know, we can finally find out what was in that delivery. You can always, like, that was a Super Bowl in, you can always like lock in when a movie was made. Like if Helen Hunt is in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like she burned like white hot for four years. Yeah. <laughs> and she I did guess, like I'd say eight. And she did like every genre of film. Um, she's got disaster film with Twister. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She's got um, silent film with Castaway. She's <laughs> she has cameo in Castaway. <laughs> she's got a, a, she's you like know, the second biggest human caliber. character in that movie. <laughs> as good as it gets. Yeah. That's uh, Jack Nicholson, which is really its own genre of film. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. And Wasn't also, she in uh, what, what Women Want with Mel Gibson also? Ooh, yeah. 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 But yeah, no, she was great. <laughs> Things that are problematic. Back um, to Wikipedia. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I really want to see the Venn diagram of um, Helen Hunt and Greg Kinnear films, like when their apex was, and just like just see what happened. What kind of world was 1999 <laughs> when things were coming together, and what the message about like the the Greg Kinnear film with like him working at the postal service receiving messages from God, like <laughs> that that like start our current downfall. Like was 2020 preceded by when? Helen Hunt and Greg Kinnear's stars began to fade. All all I know of Greg Kinnear was that he was the host of the Soup. That was like, that's that's all I know too. He's always just going to be. He that was guy. the first host mm-hmm. of the Soup. Right? Really, he's the he's the the guy that started it all. Yeah. Nip talk Soup. And then it was uh, what John Henson. Yep. Then was it Aisha Taylor? Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, I missed that. Out. Now I feel like we're on a game. Now I feel like we're on a game show. It's like, yeah. how many hosts of the soup can you name? No, well, you're specifically on Cash Cab. You're at one of the regular <laughs> challenges. <laughs> All right. Host of Cash Cab, not a host of the soup. <laughs> Let's bring it back in. I know we had 
two weeks apart from one another and it's you know it's it's showing <laughs> yeah two weeks apart no sports for four months we're well shut your mouth because oh well like real quick so do you think the indians should change their name also i know there's talk they have, about they have a perfect thing to switch to they have a, a perfect name that's sitting right there they can just switch to it's historical it's cleveland it's even they were even the worst team possibly in baseball history, which would fit very well with their brand. We're already the Phillies. No, right, <laughs> but I mean like they had like the worst season in baseball history. Oh, oh okay. Um it, the Cleveland Spiders, who were basically the feeder system for the St. Louis Browns. They just switched back to the those Cleveland Spiders. The Cleveland Spiders actually had a very cool logo. It was like a diamond with a big C in it. You just switch back to the Cleveland Spiders. Uh, spiders are scary, uh, which, you know, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, you can keep the same color scheme. Red and blue still works for, for spiders. Spider-Man wears red and blue. Um, oh, you There's know, you, you, right there, right? you get you a tie in with Marvel, bada bing, bada boom. You've got King James and Peter Parker and Cleveland is back on the map. Actually, King James uh, is in LA, but whatever. You mm. sold me. You sold me on that. The, the, Red and blue and Spider Man, but it's right there. Right. You don't even have to read. You don't have to like. You don't have to take a poll. You don't have to. You know. You just. You don't think they the would spider. do some sort of like rock and roll theme uh, name? Change. We're gonna be the Cleveland Noise coming to you live. <laughs> no <word. laughs> uh, The Cleveland Drew Carey shows. Oh, I don't know what the yeah. I do think they should change it from Indians. I mean, Braves, maybe that's a different conversation. Blackhawks, it's a different conversation. But when it's just Indians, like, uh, we, and it's a very old argument, but we don't have the, you know, oh, playing the Houston Italians, you know. I would root for you know, that. The, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, how many, would, how many would, Irish would, people root for Notre Dame? But the equivalent of that would be if you called them the Cleveland Native Americans, which it, yeah, which not. Is not. Yeah. It's problematic, it really is. But why would you name? But why would you name a team after a race of people? It's just bizarre. Like that was well, very popular in the era because I know. But when you sit, they were horribly. I mean, like we're horribly racist as a people now, but it, we were way worse two generations ago. Um, and like that was mar like marketing at the time. Like that was a very the Western genre was a very popular genre, and you know that was you know something that you sort of sort of did. Which is yeah. it's, it's ridiculous to think of now to try to put ourselves into the mindset of 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 like nicknaming your 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 team after something like that. But you know, we also lived through the era of the '90s where we, we thought that teal was a great color scheme for sports teams. You know, people people make mistakes and have to be willing to correct them. Yeah, and um, the the '90s point's actually a good one outside of the teal, but think of. Like you said, Gene, the Western. And I played Cowboys versus Indians growing up. I bet you people 10 years younger than us didn't. You know, maybe even people five years younger than us didn't. But the it wasn't really thinking of Native American people as a real 
people. It was thinking of them as a mascot. It was thinking of them, you know, nobody's complaining about the Dallas Cowboys because Cowboy was an occupation and the way it's looked at there is, you know, this almost mythical occupation. And to think of the Indians, the Braves, the Warriors, the Chiefs, you know, all of these sort of mythic people to go, oh, they're, they weren't thought of as real. You know, and I mean, Redskins is the worst of the worst because it it is a slur. It, it's, you know, this is not like elevating, you know, elevating a group of people. Um, yeah, but like it, a chief and a brave. I mean, that's I don't know. It's like a, a, a an elevated like hierarchy like, in, like in a, that that culture, you know, it'd be like the kings or the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, but it's it's it fundamentally robs them of their humanity because we're having a conversation of you wouldn't name a team after an ethnic group, but you might, if you don't consider them that if you might, if you go, yes, Indians are, are people we read about in history books and we like the movies where the Cowboys, the good Cowboys beat the bad Indians. And, you know, we read about sitting bull and the, this, this aura of, but even myth. if you look at them as the villains of those stories, why would you name your sports team after the villains in the story? <laughs> uh, okay. Well then maybe that's going down the wrong path. I think it's just the idea of this warrior culture that's been mythologized yeah. and got it away from actual real living, breathing human beings that, white people from europe did really horrible things to okay all right you know? let me, all right let me flip this all right michigan state the spartans is that an appropriate name for a for a team it's a good question because we're we're in the same sort of vain but now they're talking about like a spartan warrior right like that's kind of where not the people of sparta yeah but i think it's the same sort of thing i think you know it's why the, the which of these was the first to go outside of college teams of the pro teams it was the mascot of the cleveland indians chief wahoo right which is the most racist upon racist oh dear thing. lord it sure is um, that was the first to go. So I think you can have that disconnect between, oh, we're celebrating these these great warrior people. Um, so the Spartans are this mythical warrior people, but there's such a disconnect because it's not like you're going to Sparta. And, you know, I, and as far as I know, you know, the <laughs> Athenians don't keep the Spartans in reservations you know they didn't take their land in such a way it's it, it's so far removed from current day the history is so much longer that it they they aren't real people they there's something you know in the history books in mythology whereas we have our native american people who are still treated poorly let's say let's do a little bit of revisionist history let's say after you know, colonists came to the new world and maybe integrated in society with Native Americans. And, you know, we aren't hearing stories about battles against, you know, General Custer and, 
you know, battles in the Wild West, but we're hearing stories of, oh, this great time when the the Sioux fought another tribe and forgive me my ignorance i don't know who was in the same area as the sioux but like the sioux versus the cherokee versus whatever and these great stories their own stories if they were sharing with the new people and integrated in the new world then maybe the you know fighting sioux would mean something different if it it was a celebrated culture as opposed to a conquered culture okay you know um so it's, I mean, it's a good question. It's an interesting thing to think about, but it's the classic, you know, why is it okay to make fun of some people versus not okay to make fun of others of difference of punching up or punching down? You know, nobody's oppressing the Spartans, you know, as far as I know. I mean, we might have a hell of a lot of Greek, you know, <laughs> listeners out there and, Forming me, I'm wrong, but nobody's nobody's oppressing them. Nobody, they aren't still fighting for their rights or land they lost. Uh, what about the Santa Cruz banana slugs? Uh, should they change their name? Uh, no, and neither should the swamp rabbits. Nice, agreed. I uh, love the swamp rabbits. All right, well, look, we're probably an hour into this podcast now, and you guys want to talk about an actual sport that was. I don't know, played this week by Philadelphia. Yes, indeed. Because the MLS is back tournament uh, kicked off this week. Um, and the union played a game at nine o'clock in the morning. I was not a big fan of that. So let's start there because you have as the, as MLS, you got to be rubbing your, hands together like uh, a maniacal villain and thinking to yourself, ah, I have the stage all to myself right now outside of golf and some racing stuff. Um, I'm the only team sport in town right now. So what should I do to capitalize on this? I know I'll play games at 9 a.m., 8 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. East Coast time to capture as much of the viewing audience and especially the imagination of children who are actually playing my sport uh, as possible. So <laughs> now kids can yeah. probably watch MLS at 9am. Their dads and mother and mother, their fathers and mothers can probably your not mother. <laughs> your mother, mother. Can I watch the MLS? Um <laughs> That's that's how they sound in England. Don't be daft, Tommy. Watch the Premier League. <laughs> and we've just done a commercial for Fox Sports One, um, or actually, I think it's NBC that has the premiership. Um, but like, but that's the thing is like, kids could probably watch it at nine a.m. I remember when I was in high school, I used to make sure that I was up to watch um, the uh, the World Cup that took place in I think it was South Korea and Japan. Um, around 98 99 no 98 was france so i guess that that would have been the one after um but you know soccer for me you know growing up playing soccer was always like uh I, you're not really a soccer fan unless you go through the nightmare of finding soccer on television to watch because uh, you're either trying to line up with you know european time or uh some god-awful replay uh on espn2 at three in the morning um it made it more special then because people didn't have any regard for the sport. Um, 
I think that now it's it's foolish to not have a game at six thirty or seven o'clock at night when you would be usually starting baseball. Um, I would love to have sat down and watched that Union game at seven o'clock, uh, and I, I watched it on a bit of a delay. Um, I did sort of start it at like ten when I actually was able to sit down at my desk. But then I'm watching it on mute, you know, as I'm working and I'm on the phone. So um, it, 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 my attention is, is not enwrapped the way I wanted it to be um, during it. And, I, and honestly, I don't have a lot to say about how the presentation of the game was in terms of audio. So I'll sort of lean on you guys for that because I know there are a lot of people that are really getting concerned about crowd noise going to be piped in in professional games. And um, honestly, my my gut feeling is don't pipe any noise in. Just just let me hear the the arena. You know what I mean, or, or the the stage that that that's happening. I, was, were you able to hear like the actual coaching being done on the on the field during that game uh, on uh, this week for the MLS? One of the games I watched later, uh, I think it was the Seattle game or something. Uh, you could actually hear the players sort of talking to each other. There was a lot of stuff. They must have been on like an eight or nine second delay because there's a lot of stuff that got cut out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked that more than I would have liked some fake Madden. Um, like fake crowd noise, you know what I mean? You know, olay, 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 yeah. Olay. Like I don't, I, I can see that there's no crowd. Like you, you're gonna give me like this sort of like disconnect. Um, yeah. you know, by watching this thing and like hearing a crowd, but there, there's no crowd. Like at least when you're playing a video game, like there's a computerized crowd. Um, but you know, honestly, when I play video games, I, I turn the sound off on the television and I, and I, I play records. Like that's. That's how I've always been. So I, I don't need fake crowd noise to add to the atmosphere. I was just glad that I was watching a game that I was invested in. For the Gee, break out the vinyl uh, for the video game <laughs> sessions? No, I, I listen to streaming services. But, you know, <laughs> usually I do put on an artist and play their whole okay. record, okay, right. you know. I didn't know we were talking about physical records or not. No. Uh, well, I'm way too lazy the, to flip the, them. The, the guy, you would be the guy that would have a, a record player. Out of the three of us, I think you'd be the guy. That I do have one. Um, the commentators actually alluded to it, um, basically citing the um, the match, uh, the golf match uh, with Brady and, and Manning, um, as sort of a something that gave – people an inside glimpse into like conversations that go on during sports and that we should really look at it. And I don't know if they were putting spin on this or not, but we should really look at it as, you know, opportunity to take advantage of the crowdless atmosphere and listen in to see, you know, what, what we can pick up by, you know, I don't know, microphones on the, on the pitch or whatever. So uh, yeah, you could hear the players and yeah, there was definitely a delay uh, for sure. <laughs> bombs got, got muted out. Yeah, I watched the the game on mute um, mostly as well because I, like a lot of people, I'm working from home. Um, work for me consists of being on the phone most of the day. And I was just really watching the game on mute. When I did have the volume on, it was neat to be able to hear um, – you know, sort of directions going on. Our our goalkeeper, uh, he was giving somebody a hard time about a def- 
a offensive player for New York getting behind him. And he was like going, like just pointing out, like he's getting to that corner. He's getting to that corner. And that's something that gets really lost. I've never, I, I don't recall ever seeing, you know, that exchange so clearly seen when watching a soccer game before. Because normally, um, I'll be honest, the soccer games I'm watching are World Cup or Olympics. You know, men's World Cup, women's World Cup, or the Olympics. And there's a hell of a lot of crowd noise. And there's a hell of a lot of commentary. And they're flipping to other games, you know, when stoppages of play are happening. So you're really not seeing those moments. So that's not a bad thing. Um, the The people live streaming the game and, like, the like the close-up of a fan looking down from the yeah. the the board was pretty weird when it was just like a child it was like play play my <laughs> play my athletes for my entertainment <laughs> like it does not have the you know the effect they wanted i think it would be much better if you had like 50 screens of you know designated union fans and 50 screens of new york fans you know behind the, the goals they're shooting on or whatever. And so you could see, you know, just like in a Zoom meeting or whatever, people reacting and maybe a little bit of noise from those people. But then that would have to be on delay. Yeah, I mean, the the, the cool thing about this tournament is it is like a a World Cup format. Um, they it was, It's funny because it started out with uh, six groups, five groups of four and one group of six, which was the group that we were in. However, mm -hmm. um, because Nashville and Dallas um, just can't behave appropriately in the COVID era, uh, they had outbreaks on their teams uh, and MLS basically kicked them out of the tournament. I'm not really sure. Uh, <clears throat> now, I heard some talk that they may reorganize the, the field a little bit because one of the I, one of the groups is now down to three, right? No. No, they they re, they reshuffled them, okay. and now it's six groups of four. Okay, and our group is now Orlando, Miami, NYCFC, and and Philadelphia. Um, and I think that the good thing about our group is, well, one, we're developing a nice little rivalry with NYCFC. Um, I'm starting to really learn to hate that team. And the and, nice thing is it's much more organic than that forced rivalry we were kind of shoved against us again uh with with the Red Bulls who I never really felt like that there was a natural sort of there was anything that had ever happened that caused the rivalry there have been a lot of matches and 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 stuff where you can clearly see that both teams between Philadelphia and NYCFC like the players themselves don't like each other and they've now played in important games against each yeah. other to sort of make it a meaningful rivalry. It's a uh, it's a familiarity breeds contempt type of situation with NYCFC, and um, you know the fact that we've met them in the playoffs now two two years in a row, and and those those games have been split, and now this game was a little um, a, a little funky this week, where it seems like New York kind of outplayed the union but you know our goaltender was kind of the difference uh and we got a fluky goal and that was kind of the difference maker there i, I just think it's it's just all adding uh fuel to to this rivalry and I, I like it and and nycfc is the 
is you know or us you know we're the the two best teams in this group so to have have won that game is a tremendous advantage in this i group. still think that those are the two teams that are going to come out of the group uh this gives us a leg up to win the group certainly um and, well i don't uh, know i mean they're saying like new york hasn't even scored a goal uh in three games they've played this year so I guess there were some sort of matches before the suspension that there may be a tournament or something mm. like that, that they, they, they haven't even scored a goal yet. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. <clears throat> I'll, I'll be interested to watch, you know, their next match. Now our next match is tomorrow, Tuesday at 1030 at night. So you had a nine o'clock game and now you have a 1030 game. <laughs> so, and there is really- no way. You got to work uh, hard to watch a sport that no one watches. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> when it's the only one on. Like, you bastards, man. And it's an East Coast. It's an East Coast versus East Coast matchup. Yeah. Why are you putting it I don't know if we're playing way. Orlando or Miami, but like, regardless, it's East Coast. Like, man, don't put that at 1030 at night. You want to put the, you know, Vancouver versus San Jose at 1030 at night? Sure. Go for it. Knock yourself out. But yeah. at least put the East Coast teams on during the day. Like, damn it. Are they? Is this all just to avoid the Florida heat? Yeah. I'm like, then don't play in Florida. And the storm. <laughs> I think they're also trying to avoid the, the rain, too. Um, mm. is, is this one of those things where are they only running one pitch? I had no idea how many fields are actually uh, in rotation here. <clears throat> I think they have two. Uh, two that. Well, I don't know that they, they have a great, the wide world of sports is pretty crazy. They did a, uh, like aerial view of the facility and there's a lot of available stuff to them. I, I, I think they each have their own practice field. Uh, so there's a, and they, they said that the field that they were playing on was specifically designated to the 9am games, uh, because the way the sun, um, arises and, sets in a different direction in florida because everything's different in florida <laughs> the sun is different in florida true. i i don't know why i said that um <laughs> so i don't know i'm excited I, I will stay up and watch the game yes uh tuesday night because i you know i'm that thirsty right now um but any other any other mls thoughts i mean i will say that you know if we want to talk about the game um, that save by Blake towards the end of the game was just incredible. I mean, I, a I fingertip save to preserve. I think there were three the really, really great stops by Blake there in the last probably quarter of the game from like the 70th minute on um, that really were like that. That's why you uh, drafted a guy like that um, and probably why he does get European interest. Um, so it's it was good to be able to appreciate um, really him getting a chance to to sort of come into his own. I mean, he's, he's a young guy. He's, he's, he's peaking now. Um, so yeah, no, it was, it's great. Uh, you're right. It was a fluky goal. I think that they even said, um, from what I read that there was some talk about, um, that it was against the run of play, which, uh, you know, that happens, uh, even in the best leagues. Uh, I don't know if it was Dave, if it was you or if it was Chuck, when we were talking, that was saying like, uh, you know, I have been watching a lot of like Bundesliga and Premiership later uh, lately. Um, it's a very different game, the MLS. Um, there's a lot of things you'll see develop in a Premiership game where, um, as you watch it, you know you can sort of 
predict what the offense is trying to to do. You can sort of see where they're trying to get a through ball or if they're going to try to accomplish a sort of crossing movement or something. And there's just plays that just usually will connect with no problem in some of the higher levels of the European game that in the MLS you just it's just a touch slower. It just doesn't quite have that edge, that precision that you see um, happen. So, uh, but also, I I feel like it's got of a bit of a more uh, bite to it, a little bit more grit to it. Like it seems like there's, you know, almost like a more physical game. There's, um, you know, the tackles are a little bit more jarring, um, you know, and it it gets chippy, um, which I kind of like. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you guys are watching any of the European game. If you've noticed that it's a kind of a, it's it's hard to say like a step down, but you know, I would equate it to probably like the times I've watched um, some of the lower divisions in England. Maybe the Championship League is a more, uh, not the whatever the I guess it's called League One now or whatever. Um, more more along those lines than the Premiership. I I will say I have I have kind of casually watched. Um tottenham or casually followed tottenham um but boy i can't stop watching chelsea games um just because i want to see you know Chris, christian pulisic um who's just been playing terrific mind, over there yeah. i actually can't wait until the national team gets back together because i think that he is like progressing and you know at such a rate i mean cap the, you know they call him captain america over there so um that that's a fun watch. So if you want to watch Premier League, uh, tune into a Chelsea game. And yeah, and, and if you want a natural like, rooting interest, you know, yeah. for an American player, it's right there for you. Yeah, and the commentators were also saying like, hey, you know, look out because a bunch of these guys uh, that are playing in MLS, you know, you may not see them anymore because they could get plucked by some of these European leagues. And they are able to, uh, you know, pay these guys a lot sure. more money than the MLS. Sure. So if you want to keep these guys, you know, in the States, you know, they, you know, they have the MLS Academy um, and these, these teams have their Academy leagues and the, evidently they're being very successful with developing younger talent. So if you, you know, I mean, if you care, uh, you, know, you should try to support MLS as much as you can uh, because it would be nice to keep, you know, keep this talent here in the States, you know, for us to watch. Um, did you guys, and I know it's been a little different for each game, but have any any thoughts on some of the um, ceremonies or some of the statements that are being made? It seems like all the teams have sort of a different way of um, showing support for um, Black Lives Matter, for example. Uh, I know that the union came out with um, names of victims of per- police brutality or per- police violence on their uniforms. Um, you've seen a lot of the t-shirts and stuff that are being worn. You're seeing um, players take a knee uh, before kickoff and stuff. Um, do you think that this is an indication of how the other leagues are going to, um, to do it sort of player friendly where the players are given the opportunity to kind of express themselves however they want? Or do you think that the MLS is sort of a liberal league anyway? And, um, you know, they're, they've been noted as being sort of player friendly to begin with. And, um, or, you know, how do you see this playing out? We're getting very, very close to the other leagues starting to come back. Well, I think the NBA has already said they're going to allow their players to do something similar. Um, 
I, I, I'm in favor of it. I don't, I, I think I spoke about it on the, the show before. I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's necessarily required of the players. I think sometimes we get a bit misguided when we go, well, what are our athletes saying about this? But they do have a platform. They do have influence, especially a league like the NBA, far more so than MLS. Um, so I do applaud them for for making the effort. You know, I thought the uh, the effort the union did was powerful. You know, I again, I'm watching this without the sound on, and you know, seeing them in you know Black Lives Matter T-shirts and you know Black Lives Matter you know, face masks and badges and that sort of thing all in the, the warmups. I'm like, okay, that's, that's a, a powerful statement. And then seeing the names of, you know, victims of uh, police brutality on the back of their, their jerseys. And that was like, Oh, wow. It really does kind of take it to another level. And so, yeah, I know the NBA is going to follow suit. I don't imagine the NFL is, and I mean, as much. Well, you as know, I the love... NFL is toying with playing the um, the 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 black national anthem. Um, I I don't know what they're doing with that specifically, and nothing's been confirmed. But there is talk yeah. about that, which is an interesting idea. Yeah, and that kind of sort of touches on what I was going to say next. Like. The gestures are meaningful if they mean something. If this is coming about organically and people are right. using if it's it Roger to... Goodell's idea, it's probably not yeah, great. Yeah, if it's like, hey, this is considered the black national anthem, and we're gonna play it once and never do anything again. Aren't you satisfied? Well, that's that's <laughs> yeah. a little that's a little different. And I mean, the NHL is not gonna do a damn thing. I feel you know, like different leagues need to do different leagues have different amounts of work that need to be done around this. I mean, you know, yeah. I don't think anyone was thinking like, well, <laughs> MLS needs to do something big and bold um, around this or not. I mean, not that what, I mean, most people aren't really thinking about MLS. I, I, I feel like NASCAR has really stepped up um, to the plate, you know, with, with what they've done and kind of the, uh, I don't know, perception of the sport um, from people like me who don't really watch it, uh, you know, being a predominantly white, predominantly Southern, predominantly uh, Confederate flag supporting sport. Um, they've really done a lot to make me go, oh, um, I should let me pay attention to what NASCAR is doing. I've learned that I still hate the sport in general <laughs> uh, just because i find it kind of boring um it's amazing that these cars can go that fast and me be like oh, this is kind of boring um <clears throat> um but yeah but i think like the nfl needs to do something because they've kind of been in the epicenter of this whole thing um the nba obviously is going to do something because i mean they've been they've been on the forefront of this uh yeah. and the nba is is sort of a more of a players-led league. I think that that's something that we've certainly seen just in the in the movement of free agents um, in that league the last five years. Yeah. Like, that, that is even becoming that, like, the, you know, you, you have to become a fan of a player because being a fan of a team, you, you know, you may only get a 
a, a brief window. Um, you know. That's the beauty of the NBA, man. It can't I, like I love the ability for self-expression in the NBA. I mean, there's no hat, there's no helmet, there's no mask, um, and they're just out there, you know. And uh, I think that that's what makes basketball a really a really cool sport to to follow and um, and be a fan of. Uh, and I know other. You know, like baseball really wants to kind of try to get in on that with like players weekend and like, all right, we'll let this one weekend you can <laughs> show your personality, but then stop. Um, baseball has always felt so disingenuous because there's always that nature of, you know, baseball is going to need to police itself. And there's a certain there's certain unspoken rules within baseball um, around things like bat flips and stuff like that where there are moments of self-expression that um sort of demand retribution from from your opponent you don't you you can't show anyone up um you know the nfl tried to legislate that sort of self-expression out of the nfl and it, it didn't it didn't go well and honestly i'm glad that you're able to celebrate after a touchdown again um, i mean i don't think i don't think taunting is self-expression but I know what you're saying. You should be able to celebrate your successes. Right. I mean, right. like if you want to be, I think that there's a line between being respectful and, you know, still, still being able to have some, have some fun and celebrate your success. Yeah. I, I think that um, the NBA has the blurriest of the line. I think that we saw uh, Joel Embiid sometimes cross the taunting line or cross the line towards the end of taunt, taunting um, sometimes this year. Uh, I, I am most looking forward to seeing how the NBA comes back. Um, I don't know. I, there's some, you know, up until MLS came back, I was still kind of in the camp of we may not see sports anytime soon. Seeing the MLS come back and sort of be able to be successful to a certain degree, granted we're only like a week in, um, does give me some idea that the NBA could do it. I, I have to be honest. I have very little faith that the NFL is going to be able to come back. Uh, I just don't see them being able to keep that many people bubbled uh, for as long as they're going to need to. Um, it's just the organizations are so big. You need to work together so closely, especially like if you're an offensive lineman, um, you know, you're you're going to spend f four, six weeks in training camp where you're you're literally in the hot sun next to each other, slamming into people. I, 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 the NFL just seems like it's, it's a pipe dream. Um, yeah. Well, you see what's going on with college football. I mean, we have different um, – what are they called in college football? Conferences. Conferences. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the the uh, the Ivy League conference basically saying we're not playing any sports until the spring. Um, so, you know, we'll see. What yeah, it's – I mean, that, that, that's a – I think a much longer conversation of what's going to come next. But well, it's... let's have it. We <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> let's have yeah, it leave the next week <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody that's all the time we have for today we will be back next monday with more union talk um baseball creeping ever closer nba creeping every ever closer hockey creeping ever closer 
Um, so yeah, we're going to have a full, a full plate, uh, before you know it. So we'll be back next Monday. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate review and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the whip around our sister show for all your weird news updates for the week. Uh, and until, uh, until next Monday, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here.